Please stand as you are able for the reading of God's word. Our lesson tonight comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 56. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abram and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite you to be seated. Amen. Thank you, Sister Jean, for reading our scripture. This is week four, friends, of our sermon series, The Family Tree, as we look at the prophecy of Jesus. We began with week one, the genealogy of Jesus. We discovered, much like us, Jesus comes from a mixed family too, a family that has all type of people. Yes, we are part of the 42. We are in Jesus's family tree. On week two, the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and told her she was blessed and the child she bared is blessed. Mary had found favor with God and the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and she gave birth to the Savior of the world. And last week, Mary goes with haste and she visits her aunt Elizabeth who is pregnant with a child. Mary blesses Elizabeth by bringing the light of Christ to her and her home. And in return, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and the child in her womb is filled with the Holy Spirit and it leaps for joy at the presence of Mary. And tonight we will conclude with the visit as we explore Mary's song. But first, let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. God, I thank you for using me as your vessel, as your messenger. Holy Spirit, take over. Holy Spirit, crucify my flesh, not my will, but your will. May the words that come out of my mouth roll like a river. Holy Spirit, take over. Holy Spirit, everyone that is looking, everyone watching, everyone listening, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, to us. We are your servants, and we are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love music. When I hear music, it takes me to a place where for just a moment I am free. I get caught up in the moment and it soothes me. Now some music that I listen to, it hypes me up and it causes me to dance and finger pop 
and the song stays in my head. And so all day long, I'm bouncing and dancing and jumping and I'm singing and playing the song over and over in my head. Yet, there is something about gospel music. I love gospel music. Gospel music, it moves the soul. Gospel music speaks to the spirit and it connects and warms our heart. It brings hope in times of despair. It brings encouragement in times of defeat. It brings faith in times of doubt. It brings strength in times of weakness. It brings joy in times of pain. It brings peace in times of war. It brings trust in times of uncertainty. Gospel music speaks to the human condition in a way that brings rediscovery, recommitment, and remembrance. Church, the gospel, capital G, is music to our ears. And in our text today, we will pick up with Mary's response to Elizabeth after Elizabeth has blessed and prophesied to her. So together, Let's explore Mary's song. Have you ever had something so good happen in your life? It is just so good that you can't be still. Have you ever experienced something so good that if you talked about it, people probably wouldn't believe you? Have you ever experienced something so good that you had to write a song about it. You had to write a prayer about it. You had to shout, scream, dance, throw your hands up, give God praise. Have you ever had an experience like that in your life? Well, throughout scripture, there are several people that have had that type of experience. For example, Miriam in the book of Exodus, Scripture tells us, honey, let's say this is the Red Sea right here, y'all, and says she's standing there, she's looking, all her people made it across, oops, Pharaoh's army drowned, and then it says she started dancing, singing, playing instruments. <laughs> it was so good, she just had to move because she understood, yes, I've got to dance, I've got to shout, I've got to sing because we're no longer slaves, we are free. The Lord has defeated our enemies. And what about David in 2 Samuel in 6? Now remember the story of David, he was the smallest of all his siblings, yet he was the one that was chosen by God you know, the little shepherd boy, he just tend to the little sheep, mind his own little business. But now, in 2 Samuel, he has become king and the ark of the Lord. He goes to receive it, to bring it to his house. And scripture says that on the way with the ark of the Lord, that David started dancing with all his might. And dancing is contagious because those behind them started dancing, just like with Miriam. There's so much dancing. 
But sometimes something happens to you so good that maybe you don't dance. Maybe like Hannah, you write a prayer that becomes a song of praise. You remember the story of Hannah? She was the barren woman and everybody's mocking her and making fun of her and she's showing up at this temple and she's still believing in this God and she's believing that God is a miracle worker and God's gonna work on her behalf and she continues to go and she's in the temple praying and they think she's drunk and she's not, she's just in the spirit and she's asking God and scripture says when she gets pregnant, y'all, mm, something good happened to her. And she wrote a prayer that became her prayer, her praise. Where in our text today, Mary is so overjoyed with praise and thanksgiving. Mary begins her prayer by saying, for now on, all generations will call me blessed. Now I know you probably said, mm, that's a little prideful of Mary just to automatically think somebody's gonna say she's blessed. No, Mary's not saying that to be prideful because if she was being prideful, then that means she would refuse to give God the glory and the praise. No, she's exemplifying humility because she understands that God has favored me. And it's nothing that I've done, nothing that I've done at all. God has orchestrated all of this and it's because of God that this is even happening. It's because God loves his people. It's because God, it's all because of God. And she understands that my identity is in God and she understands that I'm nothing without God. Mary glorified God in song for what God was going to do for the world through her. Past, present, and future. You see, Mary could have took on this attitude and said, I'm the one blessed with the baby. The baby's in me. I am the mother of Jesus. So I know God's got me. I don't know about you, but God's got me. No, she praised God through her prayer and her song. She glorified God because she remembered the stories that grandmama and mama taught her about God and Abraham. And God promised Abraham that he would be a merciful God and I would never forget my people. You see, church, she understood, yes, we're part of Jesus' family tree. Yes, God has remembered us. Oh, this wonderful God. Mary is praising God for what God is doing. She's praising God for his mercy because God always steps in right on time. Right when you think God, this is it. I can't take any more. One more day and I'm going to go off. I'm going to explode. I'm going to give up. I'm going to throw in the towel. And then the wonder of mercy of God steps in and says, child, I haven't forgotten about you. Mary is praising God for being victorious. He said, not only will I remember my people, but I will protect my people. I will fight for my people. My people don't have to fight. I will fight their battle. 
She's praising God for being the savior. The world is upside down. The world is evil, powers in control. Yet, God's mercy, God's favor, God has blessed her with the savior of the world. She understands that God is the giver of gifts. See, she understands she has the best gift of all. She has Jesus in her womb. Church, she has Jesus in her womb. But yet and still, Mary is so excited for everyone else and she realized with this precious gift, I've got to be careful. I've got to love it. I'm gonna have to share it. I'm gonna have to raise it. Mary understands that the prophecy will be fulfilled through her by the birth of Jesus. Yet, she also understands that sometimes when you get blessed, you have to suffer. You see, church, that wonderful bundle of joy that Mary's gonna have, it's gonna suffer before it's exalted. I'm gonna say that again. It's gonna suffer before he's exalted. Church, sometimes suffering gives birth to blessings. The world believes that when you're blessed, it means you have the biggest, the best, the most power, the best status. That's not blessed. The blessed that Mary's talking about is even though I'm poor, I'm unmarried, and I'm pregnant, and God favored me, I'm blessed. I don't have what you have, I don't care, I'm blessed. Both in Hannah and Mary's song, God is pictured as this champion that oppressed, this champion that defended the oppressed, the despised, and the lowly. Both of them, you can see this theme of reversals about this announcement of the one who is coming, who will rule over the world and shake up the established orders. For example, God lifts the lowly, brings down the mighty. God fills the hungry with good stuff and sends the rich away empty. You've heard this before in the book of Matthew, when Jesus is preaching on the Sermon on the Mount and he talks about these reversals. You know, when he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the meek. You know, all the things that a lot of people don't kind of want to be or because the world tells, you know, if you do these kind of things, you know, it's not it. But Jesus says, oh, yes, because those people shall inherit the kingdom. They shall see God. Even Jesus' birth is a kingdom reversal. Jesus, the ruler of all, the Messiah, the anointed one, has nowhere to lay his head. His mother is about ready to deliver, yet there's no house, there's no room in the end for our Savior. 
When you think of a savior, when you think of a king, when you think of the ruler of all things, you think of royalty and purple and diamonds and silver and gold and glitz, the whole shebang. Yet all they had was the donkey and they belongings and they were traveling just trying to get in somewhere to have the baby. The goodness of these reversals is that they allow all people the opportunity to humble themselves in the presence of God. Then let me explain this to you. A lot of times people preach and they make you think if you're rich, if you're living okay, that that's not cool. No, that's not it. Sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. We get the big head because we have everything. And every now and then we have to come down from our throne so that we can humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. The same way the low people that walk with their heads down in guilt and shame and they know they don't fit in and all those things, sometimes God has to lift them up so they too can be in a position to humble themselves in the sight of the Lord. That's what I love about God. God doesn't leave you there. God saves you. God comes to see about you. I want to share a story with you. You know, I had to share a personal story before I leave about a song that was in my heart. It was my last pastor's appreciation at my previous appointment. And the church knows how their pastor loves music. Because see, in a small church, you know, I can come all around and, you know, pastor be up there dancing and, yeah, I get out on the floor and I grab some of the children and dance. You know, I, you know, I can get out there because I love music. So, and they know I love church songs and they know what songs pastor really like and all this. So, for my pastor appreciation, they said, pastor, you got to be here at a certain time. I'm like, what? I'm the pastor. They trying to tell me what time I can come? And then they said, we want you to come in this way and you don't need to go to your office, just come on in and we already got your seat where we need you to sit. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm the pastor, I'm gonna sit on the throne, you know, my chair on this side. And they was like, no, we got you set up over here. So I'm sitting in the front. So worship begins, they invite everybody to stand and I wonder, where is the choir? You know, I didn't see a choir and they know how I am about music. So I was expecting all of the choirs to be up there singing. So the procession starts and everybody, yay! I'm like, okay, where's the choir? When is the choir coming? So I'm panicking like, where's the choir? It's a full sanctuary, people are everywhere. But I notice I don't see my siblings. So all of a sudden, they had these purple shirts on same t-shirt I had on, and here is my siblings, rocking, clapping, coming up, they're the choir. My siblings sung one of my favorite church songs. They sung two and three selections doing that service in honor of their sister. Whew, I, I get emotional. That was the best time of my life. My heart was about to burst wide open. 
See, because you don't understand about kingdom reversal. Every time we used to get together, it was bad news. Somebody died. We doing a funeral. Every time we got together, who we got to get out of jail? Every time we got together, who are we taking to the rehab this week? Every time me and my siblings got together, it was something dysfunctional and messed up. So here we stand in this sanctuary. I'm sitting here and here are the babies, y'all. I get emotional. The babies that I have raised, my babies are standing there and they're singing about God. My brothers who the world gave up on because they can't stay out of jail, they were all standing up there and they were singing about God. That brought so much joy to my heart and to my soul. And like Mary, I ponder on it. That's been four years ago and I feel like it just happened yesterday because that's my family and I know what God can do. But you have to humble yourself just like Mary it's not about you, it's bigger than you. Be grateful for what God not only is doing in your life, no music in your heart, a song of praise because of what God is doing to all of those around you. I have a question. What is the song in your heart? In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let the church say, Amen.